in three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Fired up for tonight's episode. We have done, I'm going to, I'm just off the top of my head, off the top of my head, we have done a hundred and... Well, look at that! He's got he's got the goldfish. Does that mean there's somebody at the door or what? Yeah. <laughs> Do they have postmates up there? <laughs> Off the top of my head, I think we've done about 100 straight NFL episodes. So it was long. Yeah. Over it was long. We didn't, over we didn't even really get into the end of it, which is wild that we're doing hockey and not basketball. Look at that! I mean, shoot, Equal. Man, basketball's wild west right now. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I've done more um, NBA streams than uh, the deep dive. <laughs> that's right. That's a great point, actually. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a breath of fresh air to talk about a sport besides the NFL. Um, we are, you know, the NFL regular season is over. It's time to move You're on. You're telling me. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> and the other other major obvious weakness of this podcast, we've only ever had two Andrews, you know, and we finally have a third Andrew. For um, first ever guest appearance on the deep dive, hockey originator extraordinaire Andy Mc, Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler on Twitter. Welcome to the deep dive. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, happy to be here. How you guys doing? <laughs> oh, it's a great night, man. Yeah, it's a good Thursday. Normally we'd be, you know, just yeah, about I guess ready Thursday. To watch Thursday night football. We'd be getting ready for the halftime show, and there's this there's this emptiness in our heart on uh, Thursdays now, so we'll do some bonus episodes. Talk about some of the well, cool shit and hockey. I hope that I, hope well, that when, I can fill that. Drop? When's the first puck drop? Uh, the thirteenth. Yeah, Wednesday. So oh man, under, that's like a little yeah. under. Uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah, here like pretty quick. Yeah. Right on. So, um, Andy, we got to Andy McNeil. We got to know you from your work for Veasan. Uh, we yeah. are compatriots uh, under the Veasan banner. Uh, and your quality content hockey handicapping there has been always has been canvas. Um, I know you've put a ton of time into contributing uh, to the season preview of Eason, and I'm sure it's excellent. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Um, you've sent us All some me, of the baby. preliminary. <laughs> you said so. I know it's, it's, a, it's a it's it's in you know to that degree. It's a it's a labor of love. I mean, you have to really want to put the time and effort into it to uh, to provide something that's that's useful and, and valuable. Um, but the um, you know, before we kind of get into this season specifically, talk about, uh, you know, how we see things, how the market is shaped up, what are some of the wrinkles that make this season unique? Because it's very much, um, you know, it's yep. it's middle of it's middle of January almost here. And, uh, you know, you would have a pretty mature understanding of what's going on in the hockey season. And we haven't even seen one game yet. So um, we'll get to that. In yeah, a what, bit. what is wanna, the norm? Yeah. What, what is what was always the norm? Like early, mid-November? It's like first of October. No, no, right? we're talking like first week October? of October. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sometimes shit. as early as the the first of October. Yeah, for sure, gotcha. for sure. Um, so we're just but, three months know, late. 
before we get into this uh, this season, though, um, I'm I'm curious a little bit more about your background. It's obvious to me that you are a, a true originator. Like you're making your own numbers, you're doing your own, um, you know, evaluations. You've kind of uh, I'm guessing you did this the hard way. Is that true? You don't have do you have classical training in like uh, statistics and data analysis and things like that, or was this just like, no. hey man, I'm passionate about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah, it's it's the latter. I mean, I, I think uh, I think it's you know, it was a drive to uh, learn and, and be interested in something. Um, to be honest, I was, I grew up a big Boston Bruins fan. Uh, my dad, he was a, a huge Bruins fan. So, so we watched a lot of games together. They finally won a Stanley cup in 2011. Um, and after that, I, I mean, I was, you know, I was kind of, I got married in 2013 and, and, you know, around then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bought my first house and all that stuff. And it's, it's like, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time to just be a hockey fan and, and things like that. So I wasn't really, I wasn't really finding myself all that interested in sitting down and, and watching hockey. I was, you know, more concerned with whatever working, making money, and and you know, progressing in life, and and you know, hope to find more time for that stuff in the future. But um, as I guess I, I don't really know what what it was that that kind of caught my eye, but I, I kind of started to hear some talk about hockey analytics and things like that. And uh, so I started to, to read up on that and that kind of pulled me back towards um, the NHL and being interested in it and, and you know, eventually towards handicapping because I always liked uh, gambling uh, on sports, um, you know, talking about my dad again, uh, growing up in Canada here, filling out the little corner store parlays and stuff like that, you know, even before, uh, before I was of age, um, didn't really know what I was doing, all that stuff, but it was fun. I used to like... Uh, you know, really like digging into statistics for fantasy drafts and thing like things like that when I was a kid. So um, I don't know, it, it pulled me back in. And then pretty quickly, I was like, yeah, okay, I can use this stuff to, to make smarter bets. And then it just progressed and progressed, um, you know, to the point where, uh, yeah, I, I do pretty well for myself now. And um, now I'm, I'm here full time with VSIN for this season anyway. So uh but yeah, no, I make my own numbers, um, and uh, that's uh, you know I'm a, a handicapper, I guess, in the in the truest sense of the word. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, I think a lot of people make make picks and they call it handicapping when when really you know what we what the three of us do and a lot of other people that we know uh, we actually originate our own numbers and uh, regardless of how you do that, it doesn't really matter as long as you're coming up with some kind of estimate. I think that's uh, that's when you can start calling yourself a handicapper. Yeah, we might have to redo the modeling uh, once we did a couple of years ago. Those are fun. A lot of people had a lot of fun with those in the off season. But it's funny. The I was just on a podcast the other day. They kind of asked the same thing. It's a question that gets asked on a lot of these, where it's like, yeah, you know, how did you first start getting into it? And you know, just like, well, I'm I like sports. Like everyone's just like, well, I like, I like sports or I like fantasy sports. And Surprise! Just, you know, well, like every, you know, a lot of people, unless it's really against your moral compass, like gambling on sports is fun. But then you you have like that one extra step where it's like, I wanted to win though. Like gambling on sports is fun, but it's not as fun when it's just a an expense. Like I'm just gonna blow two hundred bucks every weekend betting on hockey. Like there's always that. All right, this is fun. I like watching it. I like winning, but I'm, I need to take this one extra step and, you know, pick up some data and, you know, data analytics and maybe learn some coding or do whatever it takes to start originating some numbers and do some predictive analysis and actually turn the corner. And I mean, at least 
just stop losing money at it. So it's, <laughs> it's fun to hear. Like nobody remembers why it's like, you know, it's like, I can't remember, you know, why it's like, well, it's cause you wanted to not lose. Like that's yeah. no fun. It's well, way more fun I, to win some money at this. I've always, that's like, and I mean, I got a, a shelf full of books here. I'm not, a, I'm not a scholar by any means, but um, I'm, I'm somebody that likes to learn and I, and they're all related to gambling and making predictions and, and math and, and things that I did not care too much for in, in high school, but but once uh, you know, I hopped and laughed with my buddies um, from high school and say like, if you know, if I had have known that I could be doing this, I would have been a lot more interested in in a lot of things when I was younger. That I that probably would have you know classes, that, yeah. that probably wouldn't have led me to to be a gambler, <laughs> right? You know what though, you know what makes sense though, it makes sense for a for a hockey guy to get into the analytics and the math part of it more quickly than an NFL guy, right? Like when you're betting because it's a money line sport or because it's a money ex- yeah. nailed it. Exactly. Like when you're betting, yeah, when you're betting sides in NFL and college football, you're waking up on Sunday morning, you're firing away at the board, like you're flipping coins and yeah, you know, totally. some, and, and there, there are people who are going to, hit a lot of heads and they're going to win some bets and they're going to think they're good at it. And then eventually they'll give it all back. And, you know, it's a very common, uh, you well, know, cycle that. when you're, when you're betting on the point spread, but if you want to bet hockey winners, you got to have a number and it's a lot more sophisticated to think of like, okay, well, should I be laying two ten on the, on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight? Or what is two ten? Or, or I'm sure you, you, you guys, do you guys do, you do, you do decimals in Canada? I'm guessing, right? I, well, I, I, I you understand. Well, He's like, Americanized I enough or he has I'm to Ameri- say the I American lines. And I think both, I think you should be able to kind of like go back and yeah. forth because there's a lot of uh, benefits to understanding decimal odds too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, one, great. 1.48. Point. I think, I think for the, the from the hockey standpoint too, I think you know if you're waking up or if you're just logging on to your your, your sportsbook account at four thirty in the afternoon before the puck drops and betting games, you're just you're also flipping coins, right? It doesn't matter that it's a money line or a spread. I mean, it's it's kind of the efficient market theory and that everything's priced into the line at that point. And and uh, you know it's it's uh, it's like I said, it's a, it's a coin flip. But um, but yeah, no, I think I think I think that's and that's something that has always a little bothered me as somebody especially somebody who was like thought there was that that there was a market for people that wanted to talk hockey uh, from a betting perspective and even people you know even well-known hockey media types in canada i can remember when i was a kid they had this guy uh oh, man, i can't remember his name bob mccowan he had a he wore sunglasses on Sportsnet all the time and he, he talked about <laughs> he talked about gambling a lot but he would only talk about it from football basketball things like that even baseball sometimes but he would always say oh hockey you know, hockey doesn't lend itself to betting the way football and basketball does because people like to make 50-50 bets because they want to they want to flip coins. So the point spread is, is a way to offer people a 50-50 proposition. People see, you know, a money line and they look and they're like, oh, I have to lay a dollar fifty or you know, I have to bet on a loser because that's what an underdog is, is a loser most of the time, right? So it's and it's just a hard thing. But so I guess if we're gonna like start with a tip, learn how to bet on losers because um, you know, that's going to be a big part of winning at hockey betting. You can't just bet favorites. You're going to, there's not, and that's not to say not to bet favorites because a lot of people, I think, and there's a lot of like the, the pseudo hockey experts, the touts and stuff like that, that will only bet underdogs and they call it value betting. They think, and that what they're doing is they're just hoping that they're 
they have a 50% chance, right? They're yeah. trying to bet like that, that plus 120 yeah. dog that, you know, hopefully is 20 cents off in their eyes. Like they're not really like, you know, they're not really breaking anything down. <laughs> well, that That's one of those things we talk again, probably back to like some of the evergreen stuff we did with modeling. It's like, as you progress and <clears throat> get a little better at this, there's these mental hurdles or we, you know, these aha moments or the, you know, like these realizations and, you know, like the betting on a loser in a money line sport, like that and baseball is, a, you know, the same kind of thing. It's very similar, but you know, if it's, if it's a two to one dog, you know, it, it's likely, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, if, if you make it less than that, it's value. Like uh, all the time, out of all the times, these two to one dogs are going to lose, you know, like two out of three times. It's, it's just, uh, if you have enough games that are plus, plus 200, they're going to lose a lot. But if yeah. you think it should be, it should be, it should be closer to plus one fifty. You got to be just fine with. I think this is going to win at a higher clip than the market thinks it is, and I'm going to bet this, and I'm going to bet this, and I'm going to bet this, and I'm going to lose a shitload of these. I'm going to lose a lot of these, over half, all the time, and I'm going to make money on it. And that that's like this weird mental hurdle because to say like I'm betting a game that I have well over fifty percent chance of losing tonight. It's it, yeah, it, it doesn't sit right with the mind. No, for sure. But uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where it's, it's, you, you have to wrap your head around value and, and the long, long-term goal of, of, you know, accumulating uh, or like building up your bankroll and then you're going to have losing nights, you're going to have winning nights. And then, you know, if you're, if you're doing that all the time and you're right, and if you, you know, you're betting a team that has odds that suggest they only have a 35% chance, but you think they have a 40% chance and, and you're right more often than not. Well, like, I mean, or I shouldn't say you're right more often than not. You know what I mean? If, if you're sure, right sure. as much as you think you are, or almost as at least if your number's good. If your number's good, you know, yeah, you'll find out, right? I mean, yeah. it's and it's a and it's a volume thing, and it's and it's good to track, uh, you know, how you're doing because you're going to be, you know, realistically, you're probably going to be making a lot of bets on a lot of teams. There's 31 teams. There's 868 games. Usually 1,271. So, uh, you know, that's a, it's a lot of games, but. You've, you've got opportunities to bet on a lot of teams. So you might end up with, you know, 20, 20 uh, bets on, on, on every team at the end of the season. And you'll, you'll be able to look at how you did and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm curious if, uh, you know, we'll get back, maybe come back to this later. Cause I'm curious if you do evaluate sort of classifications of, you know, favorites and underdogs and how you perform versus that. I mean, presumably you want a model that's, you know, that's relatively balanced across all, um, you know, sort of bins, I guess is the right way to say it. But, you know, back to Andy's point, like, I think that that's one of the toughest things people have adjusting from like sports betting space to like horse racing. <laughs> like, on a, on a, you know, you could go a couple of days in horse racing and play nine, 10 plays and maybe win one. The favorite thing, like you said, the, the fact that you get to this, it seems like you people get to this point and like you talk about some of these, you know, pseudo sharp people saying, well, I'm, I'm only going to bet it if it has a plus sign in front of it. You know, that's like, oh, I'm taking the value and the underdog today when they really have no number on it. Yeah. Well, sure. You know, yeah, the, right, the thing, right. people that when you get to that point, they're it's like, a free roll. never, never like, lay minus over minus 150. Like I've heard people say that, like, oh, that is, that is the most ridiculous thing. What if, what if you think the team has an 80% chance to win? Minus yeah. 150 is a goddamn gift. Um, and, and to your point about the horse racing thing, uh, about having, you know, a lot of losing days, with the, with the corner store parlays, the gas station parlays that we have up here in Canada, there are actually syndicates that like, that's what they do because there are, there is, you know, there, there are 
opportunities to find value. Like there are yeah. uh, correlated parlays. That's something that's a thing up here, right? Yeah. So um, especially during like a time like March Madness, when there's like a ton of uh, a ton of basketball games, they're putting these lines up in the morning and they're taking them off the board by like 11 a.m. because everything that's happening they don't they don't move lines in this kind of stuff they, yeah. they put up their stale lines and then once they're stale they take them down before they or once they hit they, their liability they take them off the board but if you're you know though these groups are smashing those um and like you said they might not you know they might not win for 25 days but they're just trying they're just hoping to win two or three times in a month and, and that's going to be enough right so i love it i love it well uh, specifically to making numbers for hockey and originating um i guess in my mind at least there's sort of three phases when it comes to um being an originator um you're, you're number one you're kind of experimenting you're like figuring out what it is you're figuring out how you want to approach a problem like yourself your problem solving right yeah. you, you're you maybe you're maybe your staking is you know it's enough to that you feel the sort of you get the experience of gambling the rush of, of a good win and you, the pain of a, of, a, of a bad beat um, but you're not really you know you you don't have a ton of skin in the game uh, and then you sort of eventually grow to where you know you have an edge you know your numbers are good you're rel you're comf you're confident i'm going to increase my staking here i'm going to make you know i'm going to i'm going to bet every every day this whole season i'm going to bet it you know, I'm gonna learn some stuff. I'm gonna win. Maybe I'll maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll lose. Maybe the luck will be with me. Maybe it won't. But I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the whole season. And you know, that's a kind of a good growth period. But then eventually, you get to the stage as an originator where you're like, okay, my number's sharp. I'm beating the market. I know that I have something valuable. I want to scale up, but like I'm having trouble getting liquidity or and or I don't want to put. I don't want to, you know, post up. I want credit. You know, you run into those sort of problems. Like, is, am I kind of describing, you know, a fair progression through the space? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I'm pretty lucky to be honest. Like, I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, I, I had a very meteoric rise from being a nobody to being a somebody. And I'm not saying like a somebody, like in the sense of like I'm famous. I mean, like somebody in the sense that like. I could quit Twitter tomorrow and I would still have people ringing my phone. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, like, I don't need a brand. I don't, I'm, I'm past the branding part. I'm not saying it would last forever, but right sure. now I'm in a pretty good spot where like, you know, uh, you got market man, influence right? quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I guess you could say that. I, and, and, and things have gone well and, and I've, I've kept it up and you know, I haven't, uh, um, I've learned a lot of things like, uh, I mean, we could do a whole show on, I wouldn't want to because it's a lot of bad memories, but there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, things just with the, the money aspect, like you said, just, just trying to get paid and stuff like that, that, that can get tough. Um, but, uh, the, you know, the originating thing, it's, I, I think like, I see a lot of people now more than ever, like there's, there's a lot of smart people like that are making hockey models. And the reason I'm only talking about hockey models is because like, I think, people have probably been publicly releasing game models for other sports a little bit longer because like analytics has been more prevalent in basketball and then uh, football and maybe not football, but basketball and uh, baseball for sure. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people, smart people, you know, I, I saw a really an account that I kind of follow uh, the other day saying that they were going to release game by game, game probabilities uh, every day throughout the season. And it's like, you know, my first thought is, well, like they're, you know, they don't realize what they're doing. Like if they're any good, somebody's going to pay for it. Yeah, if, you're, if you're good, you're giving away too much. If you're bad, you're yeah. just going to. Well, like I'm, I'm going to, there's like, like a, hopefully um, you break even. 
guarantee this person probably maybe this doesn't, doesn't this doesn't they, this doesn't ring true I, I don't know this is this is crazy anyway sorry go <laughs> yeah but they don't bet or whatever but they're they're probably it's probably a pretty sharp model so somebody's gonna take it and go bet it and and you know profit off it sure. <laughs> like they're not even gonna know and like it's so it's there's you know i, I would definitely might have seen this happen in nascar oh yeah it's <laughs> you know it happens everywhere and there's there's like i mean uh you guys know um know of uh Dom Lucision. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, it, probably whoa, whoa, whoa. But like he, he has <laughs> I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Noose. I've never even attempted he makes me struggle with it. He won't even help me out. Like when we do like a show together or something. He's a jerk. But uh Dom Dom Alphabet. Uh he uh he puts game probabilities out every day on the athletic and, and I don't know like Correct. He can correct me if I'm wrong. He probably won't watch this. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> uh, he can correct me if I'm wrong. But like, I, I'm pretty sure that he had to kind of start putting his numbers up later in the day because, like, some tout was taking his numbers and, and selling them, and like, you could go to this guy's website and every single pick was the the same, and they matched his exactly right. And yeah. and uh, you know, so it's tough. You have to you have to protect your numbers, especially you know until you get down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest. Um, that's the biggest uh, hurdle for an originator. Like, I mean, it's either somebody's going to take your your product to market before you do and kill the value, or you're yeah. like most people just don't know how to get to market, right? So it's it's tough. What about uh, what about vetting betting partners though? That's kind yeah, of that's what, that, well, that's you what I'm saying. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, you you don't, and there's like, I mean, I get people reach out and 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 stuff like that, and it's like. Uh, you know, some people will reach out one year and then, you know, you, you'll say no because of maybe reputation or one thing or another. And then they'll reach out through a beard the next year. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's tough. You hope that you find a good, good place to, to uh, ply your trade and, uh, and you hope that it continues and that you don't run into problems and stuff. And right now I'm, I'm in a pretty good place, I guess. Real quick follow up. Do you, is the hockey market liquid enough? Is it deep enough that you could get down what you want to get down entirely on your own? Or do you have to have it's that? Not, it's not liquid enough if I can do what I do. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I mean. So, ba so basically. You know, basically I'm, a smart, I'm a smart guy, but come on, right? Like, I mean. <laughs> I, don't I, think I didn't I, even I don't, mean it that way. I just meant in no, terms I know. of like, uh, like you, you, like, like you're, you're not going to get limited if you, you know, you, you, you don't get accounts closed. You can, you know, if you're beating the market, you well, can get think, down. I think, that's uh, you can get closed in any your sport if you're beating. For sure, yeah, no, it definitely. I think though, I think people like, I think, uh, I think people like having having different sports. Maybe the maybe hockey's a small piece of the pie. I guess that would be a one one way to put it. And and people like to have a, a variety. Uh, going into uh, whatever accounts they're using and stuff like that. So it's like, uh, um, you know, I mean, if you're if you're betting like a large amount of money on football every week and college sports and stuff like that, and it's it's nice, like you know, maybe maybe the the guy that's taking your bets thinks that this hockey stuff is square and that it's just coin flips and just kind of piddly stuff that he doesn't really care about. I don't know, kind of just uh, I, I don't I don't think it's a, a real heat magnet. That's for sure. <laughs> I guess. People seem to pass it over. Like I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of big uh, big time groups and stuff like that that don't even, like I mean they deal with every sport but they don't even touch hockey. But I mean 
uh, I we do well, so or I do well. It's, and, a, ben uh, it's a benefit to you, but if there's yeah, fewer fine. players that's in the that's... market, you, you don't have to rush. You don't have to rush to get to market. Ah, it's still no, it's still a race. No, there's still, the two, I mean, there's still because of the low limits, like relative, like relatively low limits. It's still a race. Like yeah. anybody can beat overnights. And if you're betting, I shouldn't say anybody, but like I mean, if you, no, no, if you can't, if you can't bet overnight and do half decent or at least break even, you definitely shouldn't be betting into game day lines because they're even tougher to beat. And like that's another thing, if you're a small better and you're uh, like you want to talk about closing line value or whatever, like I mean, uh, I don't really worry about that as somebody who bets on game day, like predominantly i would i just want to get the best of it i just don't want the number to come back on me i want i want i just want to make sure that when i bet it that like you know 80 percent of the time that later on like the bookmaker is going to look at it and say like that, oh i wish about, i wish you didn't that about that the benchmark is 80 percent about the benchmark you're looking well, for yeah, 75 80 percent. i mean you're not going to get it all the time right i'm just like but i want it the majority of the time for sure but i just don't want it to come back on me that's that's like i'm not I'm not going to like uh, beat my chest because it closed 20 cents. Uh, you know, I don't want lines to move. Like I would prefer them never to move. Right. Like it's, that's for me. Like I just want to bet something and that's, you know, that's good. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're beating 80%, you're eventually you're going to be noticed. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm beating 80%. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, like, that's, no, no, but I, I, just, I, I just mean fundamentally, if you like, I agree with, agree with you a hundred percent when the line comes back at you, especially when it's immediate um something's wrong <laughs> that's not a great well, sign, right it's just yeah i know you might get lucky and you might win or you might it might have nothing it might be I mean nothing like i mean there's there's i know there's one guy i um pizzola has as father-in-law is that, is that rob no that's <laughs> uh this guy off. sorry uh, <laughs> i uh but Pizzola has had told me about a guy one time that like, you know, he just liked to bet on certain goalies from whatever country he was from. Like, you know, like there's, there's, there's oh, certain okay. people in the market that'll, uh, they'll just, you know, they, they have influence, they have money and maybe they're, maybe they're really like, uh, successful in some other sports. So then they just go fire off 10, $15,000 hockey bets for fun. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Move lines for fun. Right. No, I mean, I had, I had an experience just, uh, you know, betting NBA last year. Um, I had a pretty simple process that I thought was absolutely untouchable. Um, moved the move the market for, you know, a month. It was, everything was going swell. And then all of a sudden it was like everyone, I would make a bet. It would come back. I would make a bet it would come back and I was like, what is going on? And it was literally like what I was doing was, you know, was too simple. And I had kind of trained the market in a way that, you know, the, the number, you know, had, you know, the value had been sucked out before I'd even bet it. And people knew and they were like, okay, no, you've moved this too far and it's come back at you. And it took me like a good two weeks before I would like just accepted it. Like, you were okay. super depressed for like, those, oh, yeah. not, no, not like clinical awful. depression, but you were like sad about your... Losing an edge is sad. Um, a, a quick question from the chat, and this isn't even a question. I don't even want you to answer this question. Sorry, Mr. Gilbert. But he, I mean, somebody asked, are you betting three-way lines or all money line? Which you don't have to answer that. I'm, I'm more curious about, is there limit differences? This is not, yes. I've never, I, I've never I, I, limit bet hockey, obviously. So is there a limit bet, but it's the, a big limit difference between money lines and three-ways and totals, I guess. What's the difference? I there? honestly cannot tell you because I don't, I don't like, I mean, 
I know that they're there. Like I know that the draw is there. I know that the three way line is there, but it's just the money line is I'm guessing it's a lot more like I I'm going to think that it's probably uh you know, I don't I know Pinnacle, for example, they take ten thousand dollars uh Canadian uh during the regular season. They might have gone up, I'm not sure, but uh six thousand or so American. Um that's not a lot, right? So I, I think like and that's even less on and that's game day. In the playoffs it's a little bit more. Um but, it's like a uh, it's like a fifth of a bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's uh, no, it's I I I, I am a almost a strictly money line better. Mm. And sure. just because uh, of, is, just and because that the highest one That's the it's biggest. It's simple, thing, right? man. It's, it's simple. I don't know. It's, okay. I, it's it's and, and it is simpler, yeah. It's uh, well, somebody it's, somebody said that to me about baseball. Like I I said, you know, when somebody was laying big juice in baseball, and again, we just talked about that. It's not bad to lay big juice if you make no. the price way different. And I said, do you ever, do you ever wonder about like laying this the run and a half or even the minus one? He's like, he's like a team doesn't care if they win by two. He's like, yeah. how why are they incentivized to win by one extra run later on? Well, that's a great so point. I, I, but can't, I can't quantify a team wanting to score an extra run later. I uh, I think um, like I mean, the only like I don't I don't think it's bad. Like if you want to bet the if you want to bet puck lines, go for it. But your reasoning has to be at least somewhat sound. Like you can't yeah. go to. I find that, that one of the squarest things uh, that that like novice hockey betters do is they they go and they you know maybe they got it locked in their brain that like i want to bet this team i'm going to bet the leafs against the senators tonight they're going to destroy them they're going to you know whatever and then they they realize oh i got i got to pay 3 dollars to win one and and it's like i don't want to do that i'll i'll take the puck line instead and it's like the juice. It, I, I yeah the yeah line. and it's like you're not oh, making the not, same bet it's, you're literally making the same bet like you are cuz you're just like it, it, in a way like you're just flipping a coin it's just a different it's just yeah. on a, a different part of the spectrum <laughs> and you've got less chance of winning now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that's the... in baseball too, I guess is the, it's a bad idea. It's like only bet, only bet the puck line or the run line. And I don't know baseball, but I can say this, like only bet it. If you really like the team, like, you know, like if you think there's value in the money line and then maybe like, maybe it would be a situation where like, okay, I'm betting the money line. I'm going to put a little bit on the, 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 the puck line too, maybe. There, or yeah, whatever, there, There's a strong correlation there though, too, right? Like if yeah. you wanted to double, if you wanted to double your stake, you could bet, you know, the bet the money line and the puck line. And presumably if you're right, you know, you have value on both plays, right? Yeah. Like, like that, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's very, it's correlated, right? That, and that's why there's no value in saying, oh, I don't oh, think there's value in the money line. I'm going to go to the puck line. It's like, well, yeah, they're correlated. Okay. So if there's no value in one, there's no value in the other. Is there a yeah, higher hold? Maybe, the they're not making a big differentiation from one game to the next. Like a minus 300 favorite is going to be this price on the puck line. They're and they not move saying, in lockstep. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not saying like, oh, this minus 300 favorite is a different price in the oh. puck line. Like it's 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 a pretty simple calculation on their end. So you can't, you can't go saying one is value and one doesn't. Yeah, I said like um, you know, it's it's like uh, unless you have some sort of like uh, some sort of way to you know actually f- calculate and and figure out that they yeah. yes this this sports book or this operator made a mistake in the way that they calculate this derivative, right? Yeah. Then yeah. or you know so 
Okay. Well, uh, in last quick, real quick question, I've always assumed a three-way line is a sucker bet because of I've always assumed there's a higher hold. Some markets there absolutely is, and I, that's why I've yeah. just been like, oh, this is dumb. Is that is that true in general? And I, like I said, I don't know. I, I've I've never really like I know my only experience betting into three-way markets are from when I was like a, a rookie, inexperienced better, like as a teenager. Um, doing the, the the Canadian parlays here, like the, the corner store parlays, because those come with like 20% margin with a, like uh, sure, like 20% yeah. bigger, sorry. I, I would assume just the overround would be bigger on a, on a yeah. three-way, because every single market, the more. The, the, more, the more options you add, the, the bigger the the bigger the big yeah. will always be, so. And speaking of that, that's a great, but no, you know what? I, I wanna I wanna say, I wanna, have a counterpoint to that because there's a thing that I see in the regulated market, especially, and that is one way markets, which are terrible. And I hate seeing that. <laughs> like, and that's like, that's infinite like, hold. Yeah. That's like, infinite hold. Yeah. Yeah. That's because, because, and that if you're a novice, if you're a novice better, if you're not making your own numbers, if you ever come up and see a one way market where it's like, yeah. Plus 700 that this happens. If they're not letting you bet the other side, chances are they're ripping you off. It's a good, like, that's just a good rule of thumb. Like, you know, yeah. stick to that. Right? Don't take so. anything else away from that. Like, that is a super good point. When you see it, some of these, <laughs> some of these promo bets and stuff, like, it's, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, if, if, if it's a promotional bet and you can go look at, at a liquid market and say, here's what this team is to win the championship right now. And I think that's probably fair. And they're giving you, like, you know, a dollar better, like maybe there's some value, but for the most part, when they have a standalone bet, a one-way side, they're just, yeah. they're not showing you half of the, they're hiding half of the equation there. So you can't see it. And yeah, it's, you're there's, uh, there's one book, um, one of the, you know, I won't mention anybody, but one of the former or current fantasy sports operators slash sports books, um, they, they have a lot of uh, markets for hockey specifically where it's like, you know this team wins and this player scores a goal and this you know it's just a one-way market you can you know let's say it's like uh you know alex Ovechkin scores a goal and the washington capitals win plus 175 and it's you know it's very easy to calculate because you if you know the money line you just take the uh, you know you can just divide and whatever and, and and you can figure out basically what they're saying the other the other part of the bet is and it's you know and if you look they're basically saying that this player has a really high chance of scoring a goal when in actuality they, they don't. Right. So like, I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely something that can just staying away from that can improve your chances of winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. especially if you're not, if you're not running actual player projections because sure. you're betting, you're betting a parlay without knowing what the value is. That's true. Yeah. Likely either. You'd need a yeah. set of player projections and you'd need, you'd need a good NHL model and you'd parlay it. And then you'd probably end up sad anyway, because you're saying this six to one should pay 10 to one. And parlaying it pro line anyway. you keep saying things and then I keep thinking of things, but um, <laughs> that's what this there, is. Like. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these global books, which is, I guess, what they want to be called now in the, when we're talking in the, you know, regulated uh, sports book world. But uh, a lot of these global books may or may not have people that are from or you know, you know, come from Canada that really know hockey really good. And so, like, those places might be a good place to look when you're trying to like price, let's say. A player, you know, like a, a like a player props market, like some of these like little books. Like I'm not going to name a bunch of them, but some of these retail books, 
Yeah. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. They're they're out there and they have like wide, you know, they, they have huge options. So those are good places to look to to compare if you're not betting there, but like you can just like look at their odds to compare like, oh, okay, like this is a sharp line. So I know that, you know, that's where I can maybe find some value in some bigger diverse player prop markets. That makes sense. Um, one last uh, kind of original. You said one last thing so many times. Well, no, no, I've been, I've, I've been, I'm just cracking up. It's like a running gag at this point. 40 minutes into this thing. Drew. All, all, all of that was all kind of follow up on sort of the same conceptual uh, kind of discussion. This is a little bit, a uh, little different topic for you, but it's the last con- con- question I have, at least as far as origination goes. Um, not going to try to get you to divulge the secret sauce here, but. Yeah. But more specifically, in <laughs> when, when I when I sit down and, and prepare for an NBA season, um, less so for an NFL season, because my process is a little different. But when I sit down and prepare for an NBA season, step one is let's, let's develop a prior. OK, let's let's put together some sort of um, prior, which is just a kind of a complete understanding of what is the true you know value of this team. It is speculative. It requires an understanding of all of the moves they've made. It requires a little bit of understanding of player value. Um, you synthesize it all, you know, coaching changes, things like that. You synthesize it all into, um, you know, some expected value or expected strength number for a given team before the season starts. And if you do that well, if you do that better than the market in on average, when you the season starts, you'll. Uh, your edges are, could be big, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they could be big. You could have, especially if you if you have a good edge on a couple of teams, you could have that could last you two, three weeks, maybe six, seven in games before the market really catches up to New York Knicks this year. I don't think yeah. anyone in the in the NBA betting market had a prior on the New York Knicks that was as good as they have proven to be. So anyone that did is making yeah. is printing money on the Knicks, right? Eventually, the market catches up. It always does, right? You're training the market if you're betting into it. If you're winning, if you're if you're limit betting and you're winning, you're training the market on all of this information. You're training them on your prior, right? Yeah. And you have to be able to be flexible at that point and really move off of it quickly. Pick up the dynamic information of you know what you're actually getting in terms of season data. Integrate it reasonably well and continue to kind of you know mature your numbers, find new angles and things like that. Um, is this, uh, am, am I describing a similar process that you would yeah, see in a normal hockey season? Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I, I, I mean, priors are important. That's what I'm working off of. I mean, my projections, the projections that people will find, uh, in the Beeson hockey guide, that's hopefully coming out tomorrow. Um, you know, those projections, that's, that's, that's where I'm, you know, getting my game probabilities from on a day to day basis. But like, the priors really are, I don't know, the modeling, all that stuff, it's, it's, it's important and stuff. But, like, I mean, that's just getting me to the starting point. And then it's everything that's happening in the morning with rosters, um, goaltenders, everything like that. So, like, a lot of things change. And that's um, something I would definitely caution people about, too, is when, like, there's a site like MoneyPuck, for example, um, is a site that, produce, that, that gives out game probabilities and stuff like that every single day. You can even, like, look ahead and see what their probabilities will be for the game, you know, in seven days from now or whatever. Um, but like, are they, is, is, are, you know, is, is, is there any nuance involved in it? Like, are they like, you know, changing things when, you know, things go wrong for a team as far as like a lineup, uh, or something like that? Like, is that going to be, you know, priced into their projection? No, like it's, it's, 
So that guy's not sitting at his computer at 6 a.m. And, and, you know, monitoring everything and making the necessary changes and the, the adjustments that are needed. Um, and, and somebody might say like, oh, well, like this, this, I've followed this model all season that, that gives out their probabilities every morning and I've won. And it's like, okay, but did you win because you were, you know, or did you just like, was it just like, you're, there's, there's a, like for a football example, if you're betting, uh, if you bet a hundred games in a season at minus 110, there's a 30% chance that assuming that you're just flipping coins, like, you know, there's a 30% chance that you could profit just by luck. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know what that's going to be in hockey. It all depends on what your average price is and everything, but there's a chance that you could just be winning by luck. And that, and when you go, when you, when you talk about priors, it's important to really trust them, especially early in the season, like everything, like probably half of what you see, the results are, you know, uh, um, based on luck like it's it's half skill half luck hockey some you know hardcore hockey fans might think that's bullshit and and think that it's like uh you know a detriment to the sport or like i'm, I'm saying that the players aren't skilled but it's obviously not that it's just there's so many it's just the the, the possessions are are you know a lot uh, more discreet than basketball there's there's like the players are always switching in and out and like there's the best players are only on the ice for like small amounts of time um you know it's just like it's you know, a lot of the time it's like plugs versus plugs and it's like, you know, who the, who the best, will the, will the best plugs win. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah what if Aaron Rodgers played like, <clears throat> I mean, what's like essentially 20 minutes uh, a game. Yeah. I mean, granted, he, <laughs> granted, it's a change a lot, right? Like your projection for a lot of the game. You know, let's say on the, on the offensive side, cause I, I sound silly now because he's not out there constantly when the defense, but, yeah. Let's say he played a third of the offensive snaps instead. It'd, it'd be it would be a completely different way to look at it. Well, basketball, uh, I think. Like if, you, if, you, if, you were taking, if you were taking LeBron out every every two minutes, like would you? You know what I mean? Like it's like, or if you were only putting him out on the court for forty seconds, and then he was coming off for three minutes and going back back out for forty seconds, like the Lakers' projection for a game would be drastically different than it is when he's on the court for whatever, right? I don't know how long sure. the basketball player's on the court for. But. No, I mean, <laughs> 40, 40 plus minutes, yeah. yeah um, so there, so yeah. then there is a pretty important uh, aspect to kind of hands on the hands on the gears, so to speak, over the course of the season, keeping track of lineups, keeping track of efficiencies and things like that, and yeah. kind of incorporating that information in real time. For sure, yeah. But, like, I mean – and when you were talking about the Knicks and like being way better than anybody would have guessed, like the thing that's, that's like in basketball, that's a little bit more like you see what you see is what you get kind of. Cause it's like I said, it's more skill-based. There's like, it's like, um, I know Michael Lopez, who's a really, uh, really smart stats uh, professor. He's on Twitter. He, he did a, a study a while back um, and, and basically found that like in a seven game series, uh, the best, team moves on 80 percent of the time in the nba oh, yeah. in in the nhl you would have to play i think it was a best of 51 in order to match that where the best team would move on 80 percent of the time yeah, I mean, so like, no, that, that's just too much hockey no, I know what I'm saying, though. Like, although we're kind of going to get that this year right well the playoffs are still going to be you know and then we saw that last year like when you mess with the sample size you bring it from seven games down to five games for the qualifying round four underdogs went on uh from the qualifying round like which is you know obviously more than we'd expect and they were <laughs> but uh 
but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it's, it's, it's really important to, to, to trust your priors. If you put in work and you think you've, okay, I've got good projections and, and I'm, you know, confident in where I see these teams, where I have them, you know, if something's not going right, that those first, like, you know, a few weeks, if, if there's some team that's, you know, maybe you want to make an adjustment, but like, it's, it's, you have to make sure that it's, it's happening for the right reasons. It's not just a long, uh, 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 uh run or a hot streak right yeah. that like, like the sabers last year the buffalo sabers last year were a team that like killed me out of the gate and killed somebody else that thought they were smart and and tried to you know hijack some of my plays out of an account too <laughs> and, uh, that that, long, yeah yeah <laughs> that guy went broke <laughs> um <laughs> but uh the sabers were like just killing me early in the season and, and they were they were beating some teams like the the penguins the stars and they just like they hurt me bad and i was like i'm just gonna stay away from them and the second that i was like i'm not dealing with this team there's 30 other teams that i can focus on um the second that that happened and i knew it i knew better like i knew it was not happening <laughs> for the right i knew it was just you know it was just the hockey god playing yeah. tricks on me sure but the second that i that i laid off the gas and betting against the sabers when when it was when it was the time that I should have been betting against them the most. And it's like, just shows you that like, you just don't, you don't stop learning. Right. As far as getting how and trying to find ways to get over those mental hurdles. And I'm sure there's going to be a team or two that just like throw me for a loop early on this season. And I'm going to, you know, be, have a really hard time keeping my foot on the gas. Right. So let's, let's talk about this season. Cause that's where yeah. my mind went right away when Drew said priors. Because it's a challenge. I don't want to say this is. It is definitely not unique to hockey. <clears throat> Foot, what, would we say football had the most normal season this season? NFL. I would say so. I think you'd probably be right. Yeah, yeah, right. Close. Obviously, we had the we had the bubble. No, no off season. The, no preseason. Everything else. Yeah, so. yeah. The, yeah. No preseason was probably the biggest thing. But you had the bubble in NBA. You had the double bubble in hockey. You have the college ranks starting at a weird time and canceling all sorts of games, going right into these back to backs. Obviously, the NBA with only like seventy days off. So, you know, it's been every sport we've had to make wild adjustments on how we treat how we treat priors and how we're going into the season and. I guess not just talk about it, but if you had any advice to save some people, some grief as far as how they treat teams, because you had a normal season two seasons ago, then you had part of it. And then the double bubble thing up in, up in those, you know, the, what they call them hub cities or whatnot. And yeah. now we're getting, and maybe just, you should explain, you should explain this better than I had explain what, what a normal season looks like versus what we're doing here. Yeah. So a normal season, uh, there's, there's well, there's 31 teams, obviously, but in normal season there'll be uh, an 82 game campaign. Uh, that's 1,271 games total. Um, that has been reduced by over 30 percent down to 868. Um, normally, you'd have the four divisions, and every team would play every other team at least twice. They would play the teams in their own division three or four times, uh, but they would like, I mean, like a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference team would play each other a home and away time or a home and away uh, series, sorry. Um, and uh, this season we've got all localized regional divisions. Uh, it's going to be the North Division, which is Canada. Uh, you've got seven teams in that um, in that division. Then you've got the East, which is eight teams. Uh, that's your, your New York teams, New Jersey, Buffalo, Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, Flyers, Pennsylvania teams, um, somebody else, Washington. Uh, Washington. They're in there too, yeah. And uh, then you've got uh, the Central, which is a weird one because it's like Carolina, Chicago, 
Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, yeah, Nashville, Tampa Bay. It's just like a mismatch of weird. It's like the central and the southeast. That's not even the weirdest. Minnesota and LA are in the same. Yeah, but Minnesota, like I said to you, they were screwed either way. They were better off to be the eighth Canadian team, move them yeah, to Winnipeg, exactly. right? Like, they should have petitioned to be like, we'll just stay in Canada for the year. It'd be safer. Yeah, yeah, they're right there. <laughs> well, it's, uh, and it's safer, yeah. <laughs> well, not, not only that, but they get they get Vegas, you know, you get Vegas and the Avalanche sure. in your division too, so it's not easy. It's yeah, nice yeah, no, there's eight teams though in each one. So eight's a nice number because there's eight in Canada. Well, there's so, only seven in no, there's only seven in Canada. So it's, oh, it's an odd ball in Canada. Yeah, so there's only one teams. We haven't we have not added Seattle yet. One team. No. Oh, that's oh that's right. We're getting we're yeah. getting some crack. We're gonna have thirty-two, in. yeah, next year. Next year oh. with Seattle. Um and then we have the West, which is the the California teams, the Arizona, uh, Minnesota, and St. Louis and Vegas. And yeah, there's so that's so yeah, they're not playing outside their divisions. It's 56 games. That's crazy. Uh, they're going to play like um, some team. Anyway, well, they're going to play the, their, the teams between eight and 10 times. They'll play like, wow. like um, Edmonton and Calgary being provincial rivals, like the Battle of Alberta. They're going to play each other 10 times. It's going to be. Oh, we all know. Battle of Alberta. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, so, it, no, it, I'm just saying like, the team <laughs> that used to do those road trips, like you'd go play those two teams and yeah, they're just yeah. going to, you know, they're going to enhance that. Like when Minnesota goes out to the coast, you play both yeah. California teams yeah. in a row. Or when you go to Phoenix, you also go to Vegas and play a couple so they can keep travel a little. I don't know if it's any safer, but don't easier. Really don't really know what's happening with the sharks. You talked about California there, and I don't. They're, they're that's uh, Santa Clara County, right? And and they're not they're probably not going to be starting the season at home in the uh, what's it called the uh, the SAP the SAP uh, Center or SAP? I think I could not name a single hockey yeah. arena that's not like a famous one on the East Coast, man. Yeah, yeah. I was I was more asking, Mister. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Suntan. What's funny is I've I've that's one of the I've been to I've been to the Staples Center. I've been to the uh, the Duck Pond, the Honda Center uh, where the Ducks play. I've been to the San Jose Sharks, and I, I feel like the locals that I went with called it uh, the, the Shark Tank. Tank. I think that was what they were calling. Yeah, it. Yeah, the Shark Tank. Yeah, I should have just called it the Shark Tank. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, so that yeah. fewer games uh, is the the first thing that's that's different about this year and division uh, alignment. Um, the the fewer games thing probably going to to lead to some strange happenings to some uh, some of my season long predictions or everybody's season long predictions looking pretty silly because uh, it's a lot easier to ride a. Uh, some puck luck to the playoffs in a 56 game season than it is to you know stretch it out over 82 games mm. um and uh the the division realignment that the one thing that that kind of does is um well I, one thing i never ever have put much stock into um you know how one team has done versus another like i don't care if the oilers beat the flames two times and and you know lost once or whatever because like in an 82 game season that's less than you know, that's a very small percentage of the games. And uh, it's just, I don't, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in the results, but it's going to be interesting this year. Like, I mean, you know, you're going to have a 56 game season, but like if, if let's say the flames finish a point ahead of the Oilers, but 
they lost to the Oilers in eight out of 10 games, like there's going to be like, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to like judge like where, where, okay. Like now I have this big sample of games. I've never seen a team play another team 10 times in one season before. And now I have this, like, them, they're going to meet up and they're going to meet up in the playoffs or whatever. And like, I'm like, you know, it's going to be, it's, there's going to be certain things to, to there'll weigh. Be that. Of, there'll be a lot of bias from people. Yeah, it's and, it's going to be interesting whether or not it's priced into the market properly. Like I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. I'll I'll think about it when we get there. But yeah, and my my head goes back to baseball again with some of what we saw in the playoffs there. And you know, it, obviously we only played the playoffs once. We got to see what happened, and maybe there was much to do about nothing. But all the teams in both central divisions got waxed right away. Like they won like two games total, and people were saying, well. I mean, they, they were easy division, or not not only easy divisions, but the, they had easier schedules. Like, yeah, the Twins looked pretty good, but they played you know played the Tigers a whole bunch. You played sure. you know the Royals a whole bunch, and I, I feel like we might end up with something like that in because it's almost a similar situation. Baseball wasn't completely just you're playing your division, but they were yeah. more regionalized where you played the same teams over and over. And I feel like there's going to be some team that's maybe having the benefit of playing a bunch of lower level teams that like a mid tier team. Yeah. They beat up on everybody below them. They get a little luck on a couple teams above them. And it's like, Oh, this is, a, this is a good team this year. And then they get to the playoffs and they go up against like a real good team. It's like, Oh no, they, they weren't good. Yeah. I don't have, uh, I don't have the numbers here on, you know, like just off the top of my head, but I can tell you that if you took the average or the win, the, like just the, the straight win percentage of every team from last season. And I know that's not like a great metric, but it gives you an idea of where everybody's at. Um, uh, if you, if you took that and, and just average it out for the, for each division, um, I think the East is the only one that's over 50%. So like, wow. I mean, if, if like, uh, you know, a team, from the middle of like it's going to be impressive if if Boston wins the East Division, but they're the favorite. But if a if a team from the middle of the, the division somehow you know takes that division title, that'll be a lot more impressive. If like than if uh, a team from the middle of the the Canadian division, let's say, or the North Division, I mean, uh, you know, was able to because it's really just Toronto there, and then kind of a lot of other teams in the middle. But um, so it, yeah, there's going to be, and the re- that's going to be important for. Um, because the, the playoff structure has been changed a bit too, right? Like, so it's going to be um, each division, four teams are going to make the playoffs. It's going to be one versus four and two versus three. And then it'll be, you know, the winners of those series will meet to, to crown uh, a division champion. And then those four division champions will move on to the semifinals and it'll be, it'll be reseeded once again, one versus four, two versus three. So we could have scenarios where like an Eastern two, team two is playing... A Two of the team. four best teams aren't even in the final four. Then, yeah, yeah, and 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 we could have also have a scenario where uh, two teams from like we could you know have uh, let's say like a, a Tampa or like a Toronto and a Boston end up in the Stanley Cup final, which would be weird because they're in the same conference usually, right? Like, I sure. mean. You could end up with two West. Oh, yeah. crazy. Toronto and the Stanley Cup. I'm fantasizing about the idea that <laughs> they finally make it to the Stanley Cup final after all these years, and they and they run into the Bruins that have yeah. like been their nightmare for the last like decade, right? So it would just be it would just be awesome. But yeah, that's going to be important to make sure that you're not you know overrating a team, like you said. And it's also going to be really important know, if you're trying to 
No, I know, but like you're going to have to uh, try to account for that. Try to like like try sure. to take the, their schedule into account when you're making your team ratings and when you're or when you're um, kind of making your end of season ratings. But it's also going to be important trying to like it's going to be a lot harder for people to look at the Stanley Cup futures board throughout the season and find value in teams. Not like I mean, you know, you might do all right with the whole like, oh, I'm going to try to buy low, sell high kind of yeah. idea, but no, um, this, it's, you know it's going to be tougher because. This uh, this rings exactly like um, college football usually is. Yeah, right. Your sure. college football, the big the Big Twelve, they just play each other, beat their brains in, score a million points. The SEC, you know, those are you think those are the best teams. They're playing these hard, close fight. You know, good big you know big defenses. Blah 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 blah. Like you, you have some semblance of who's good relative based on just the how many five-star recruits each team has, right? And the legacy yeah. of the program and something like that. But, like, it's tough to make a number for LSU Oklahoma, you know, because Oklahoma, they just beat up on the Big 12 for, uh, you know, for four months. They yeah, win you the Big see massive line movements in the, in the bowl games. And yeah, massive, obviously yeah. this year we had so many opt-outs and stuff. It was crazy. But even in normal years where before players even sat, you saw some big moves in bowl games because it's like, well, these aren't two teams we're used to trying to – compared to each other right now yeah so whoever comes out of the uh, north you know is obviously the big 12 team this year that just gets uh um, gets, gets gets wasted by the uh my favorite thing to do on twitter <laughs> every year Canadians. it's just to remind like oh america won the stanley cup you know again let's, I, I'll, I say, I'll, I'll be 93 and I'll, I'll, I'll be a little uh, I'll be a little, and little more. Uh, all Canadians on that roster. I'm, like, I'm, uh, I'm not like I'm not your typical Canadian, though, guys. Like, I mean, I'm not like a. No, but there's awesome something yeah. No, I know. I Take actually like. I was oh, no. actually the guy that like had to do it. Like, I, I would go to my friend's house when I was a kid, and like his his father would be like, "Oh, it's the traitor," you know, like it's like that's the that's the. Uh, because I didn't cheer for a Canadian hockey team, right? Like, I'm not. I I don't even like I don't even like Canada. All right, so, so a couple, a couple, couple of thoughts. I, I, I grabbed some ELO numbers from last year just because I was curious. Uh, okay, to see, cool. see what was what, and I came up with a couple, of, a characterization of each of the four divisions. You tell me if I'm on the right track or if I'm way the hell off. Okay. Um, we'll start in the West. The West looks like it has some dog shit teams. Yep. I would I, I, Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, LA. These look like bad teams. I think you're probably uh, Arizona's. Arizona's kind Arizona's of up the, the okay. California team. Okay. Probably, so there's yeah. a chance that uh, chance that teams like Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, they could like pad their pad their points big time, and they could look like false, uh, you know, false giants to a degree if they're just beating up on these trash teams. Yeah, I mean they're they're going like like you said like Colorado and, and Vegas and St. Louis. It's a, like a, a three way dance, I guess you could say for the the there's top no spot there. I mean yeah. the. the Avalanche or not the Avalanche, the Coyotes and uh, the Wild have kind of a, an outside chance, yeah. uh, and uh, there's you know different reasons for that. They're not like uh, you know, well, no different reasons why the Wild are, are are have an outside chance than why the Coyotes have an outside chance. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the Coyotes, it's more of a goaltending thing. The Wild, it's more of a the fact that they just have great underlying metrics every single year, despite okay. the fact that they don't really have a you know like a team that's very uh, notable, I guess you could say. Um, okay. But yeah, no, the, 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 I've, I 
think I've, I think I had a little, I think I had a bit of 50% chance that one, that a California team makes the playoffs this year or, or a little bit Jeez. more than that. Maybe that's three the, of them. The oh. Three of them. There's about a 50% chance that one of them. Wow. Will make it. So wow, it's, wow, uh, wow. it's not, it's not good, but I mean, like it's like Anaheim has John Gibson. He's uh he's a really good goaltender. That's, you know, that's why they've got a chance. The Sharks, they've got some, you know, really some players that were, have not been, you know, are not that far removed from being like elite. So it's, you know, they still got something there. It's still like possible that last season could have been a big one-off, but probably not likely. Um, and Anaheim, or no, I already talked about Anaheim, uh, LA, they've, they've, it's, they've just, they're, they're a kind of like a, a, a good team as far as like, uh, they don't get their doors blown off. I shouldn't call them a good team, but they don't get their doors blown off in terms of like, like they're not getting like outshot a bunch. They're like, they're, they're holding their weight. It's just a matter of, you know, um, like they're a tough team to play against. And it's whether like, uh, you know, Jonathan quick, who another player, a goaltender who is not that far removed from being like an elite goaltender. He could, if he can find his game, uh, they've got a pretty good young goaltender. It's like, it's, they've all, every, every one of those California teams have little things that could possibly, you know, get them there but it's just they're all it's just not enough to you know you know where i'm coming from (laughs) okay so if we move to the north you mentioned it already toronto's looks looks like the clear class and ottawa looks like the true dregs and everybody else is kind of bunched really tight is that about right yeah i think the canadians are a little bit i think it's like the leafs the canadians everybody else and then the senators um and that's that's why uh, a lot of people have especially Canadian hockey fans when they see people say that, Oh, the, the, the North division isn't really tough or it's a weak division. And it's like, it's not that it's weak in the sense that like one, you know, it's, it's that it's, it's, it's that they're all not that good. <laughs> it's like, they're all there is people like people, people yeah. confuse tough with like, Yes, it's going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of parody because they're all, you know, relatively hey, similar. The Mac, right? like, Mac in college football is tough, man. Yeah, being similarly power rated, all you know, yeah, near the tenth, ten to fifteenth doesn't make you tough. And it's funny I, we didn't get we haven't got political. We don't do this much. I don't we don't talk virus <laughs> a lot. But I wonder if this is all just one big one big scheme to get a Canadian team into the conference semifinals. Oh, no, well, they're, they're, because they're guaranteed to get there now. They're guaranteed they're, team. They're, they're one step away from a cup final. They're one also team, yeah. they're only going to have one team though. Maybe, too. maybe. Yeah, maybe I, I don't want even. I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> the only one team has a chance. If you, yeah, if you're listening. Um, okay, so then you mentioned already the East looks pretty robust. Uh, yeah, I, somebody did ask like, what's the division? What's the softest? I, and honestly, did New Jersey and Buffalo? They are the bottom at the East. I'm guessing is. Did they draw? Did they get a tough Buffalo, draw this New year? Jersey, I think New I think New Jersey a little bit more than Buffalo for sure. Uh, Buffalo, they're going to be a little bit tougher to play against. Um, but it's like it's a pretty uh, pretty short straw to draw. They went out and they got Taylor Hall, like big free agent signing. Nobody thought he was going to go to Buffalo. I didn't. I didn't even consider it. Right. I figured like the Bruins were a team that were you know rumored to be uh, in on him. Um, but uh, they 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 got their man and then they they went and they got. Eric Stahl from Minnesota Wild, and so like, you know, they're they're going to be a better team up front for sure. There's going to be times where the Sabers look like they're the best team in the league, like when when Hall and Eichel are, are uh, you know firing on all cylinders and stuff, and and, and things like like in the offensive zone. But 
they're still, you know, probably going to have a, a rough time dealing with all these uh, juggernauts in their in their division. Yeah, like Washington and Zidane Chara. Yeah, Washington's a team that I, I that that hurts to, to see him leave. Uh, Chara means a lot to me because, uh, like I, I had, I like I said, it, the, the Bruins were not a, a Stanley Cup team for a lot of years, and then his arrival in Boston was what uh, started. You know, putting them yeah. on that course. So, uh, yeah, big man is a great, great player. Splendid. But yeah, no, Washington is a team that's. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I don't think Washington is a team that's uh, on the the same level as uh, the Penguins and the Bruins, um, or uh, am I forgetting anybody? Or the Flyers? But the Flyers not as big on them as some people. Mm, okay, and then uh, the Central looks like uh, pretty stratified, right? Like Tampa Bay and Carolina look elite. Chicago yeah. and Detroit might be the worst two teams in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's okay. that's it, right? Like that's okay. a good uh, this one. It's like I mean, and speaking of uh, playoff odds, I won't get into like specifics, but like some like actually, I I will say like I think they I think they made uh, I think the Westgate had made uh, Tampa Bay minus three hundred to make the playoffs at open, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I mean, there there's what? no way there. Like there, there's, there's only it's a sixteen division. Chicago and Detroit aren't making the playoffs. Like I can, I can, I shouldn't say that. Like I don't like ever being like certain, but there is like yeah, not absolutes, but they're not. They're not. Come on, like Detroit. I mean, Detroit probably has a better chance than Chicago, even though my projections don't really say that. But like it just seems like the Blackhawks are looking at tanking. Like that seems like where they're going, um, and that's where they should be going for sure. But. Uh, like man, it's it's like you said, it's it's Tampa Bay, it's Carolina, and then it's like a four team just just uh, jungled mess where like they're all going, they all have pretty similar playoff odds. It's going to be tough. It's it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be musical chairs for that last spot, I guess. All like season it. long, you'll probably be seeing you know teams kind of shift in and out all season long, right? So what's going to be the most entertaining division to watch night in night out? I think I, I I mean I I gotta go with the Canadian division even though I'm not like I like I said I'm not a big like team Canada chest thumper like I didn't watch sure. a lick of the World Juniors I could care less the Clearasol Cup as a uh, old friend of my colleague. Uh, uh like I said I can't claim that one but I always liked that he I thought it was yeah, pretty sure brought this barrel out under the ice I didn't even figure we're out. Mad. I didn't fake tournament, man. It's like and it's like six games, and with like the players' draft stocks like rise and fall, and it's just I just I don't know. I just I feel like my perspective on things like I'll just when this guy when this player I know it's exciting and everything, but I feel like watching it would cloud my uh, you know image of a lot of these players and make me think that they're ready more ready than they are because it's such a big stage and it makes everybody like this Ducks prospect. Uh, Zegras, he's uh, you know, he's the big player for USA, and I'm sure he's going to be a star. But like, you know, is he going to come in and, and make a big difference? Let's wait and see, right? <laughs> well, no, okay, that's so- I would I would play different if I was playing in that tournament and I was near like a top level player. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, maybe, it's you know, maybe I'm not though. making that last pass. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm going. What does Kelly say? Help her mom keeps the cookies. That's my favorite hockey thing that I don't really understand. I think right. it's. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I got, you know, I got, you know what I mean. Like I feel like people play differently in these tournaments because, like you said, the draft stock goes so. You can, I mean, you can go way up or way down based on yeah. some weird little shit tournaments. Yeah. Um, and I, I, what were you, what were you say? <laughs> I got three three quick hitter questions for you. 
and then okay. we'll then we'll and we'll close. There was we'll close one thing that I did forget about the the new what's new about oh, the sure. season. The I was going to ask that if the, you had the something squad. I didn't remember. Well, reading. yeah, the taxi squad. Well, that was, what I was that was one of the three. That was one okay. of the three. So okay. is that is that going to manifest the betting edge in any way? The fact that there's taxi squads and there could be late changes, and if you know what a guy means, then maybe you got an edge yeah. on the market. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be more. I think it's going to be more so not like not so much the guy that's coming in, but like maybe not overreacting so much to the guy that's coming out, depending on who's coming in. And like, uh, I think like you could probably, you know, I don't know, like it's a, it's a, it's a group of about five to six players that's going to travel with the team, participate in practices, all that stuff. Um, and they're there for call-ups right up until 5 PM goalies can be, uh, called up and put in the game, you know, right up until the last minute, basically, because you need a goalie. Uh, and uh, I know Andy probably disagrees, but uh, I've I've really had to be a goalie. Yeah. Well, no, no, make it like basketball. Scoring would go way up. It'd be way more fun to watch. Like, <laughs> but uh, when you score a goal, you just retrieve it and then you get the puck like that. <laughs> Like let's do it like we play at the outdoor rinks where we just we turn the nets around we put them on their sides and you have to bank it off the end boards and into the net from like, like a bank shot right so um but uh yeah so i think it's it, like it's going to be important like try to, to try to get an estimate on these players just like you would like try to kind of estimate the value and, and where they're at are they replacement level above below whatever um and uh, you know, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of needle moving going on because it's not like you're, you know, where it's going to be moved is like if a big star is out. But um, like you said, it's going to be the difference between a replacement level player coming in and 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 uh, a below replacement level uh, player possibly coming in. So that's important. But um, yeah, I think it's just going to be important to know who's there, who's who. Uh, you know, because you're going to get these things last minute before the game, and you're going to like you're going to be faced with these decisions and you're not going to have a lot of time to uh, think about it. And you're, it's better to just have an idea of, you know, how that changes your handicap. So gotcha. something to be um, aware of. Sure. The uh, second quick hitter, um, the new offsides rule. So yeah, somebody is, it in the chat. Yeah, is that going to make the I game more or less entertaining? It's tough for me to say there's a oh, betting angle. It's going right? to be making it's going to make it better in terms of like there'll there be, you know, a few less of those reviews, I guess, or, or uh, the reviews will be quicker. I don't know. I don't, um, it's not going to, it's not going to impact anything on a, on a, from a betting perspective, uh, anything that you can control anyway. Um, but uh, the, no, they should just take off sides out of the game, man. It's just like, <laughs> just make it, no, excuse me, like make a rule like that. You cannot like, you can't pass the puck to a player that's already like, that's what I think they should do. Honestly, if they want to increase offense, make a rule that you cannot, you know, a, a teammate, if you have the puck, one of your teammates, they can go into the offensive zone and, and, you know, go whatever, stand by the goalie if they want, but you can't pass the puck to them until you get over the blue line. I think that would make it maybe, but like, I don't know, man, just get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reviews are awful. The, and, you know, yeah, yeah. nobody wants to watch that. Nobody cares. It's like, there's no skin in this game. They were talking about like the, the angle of refraction through the ice to see the oh, line. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are we doing here? It's just, <laughs> not good. We're getting into science on this. Well, I, I somebody, 
if somebody that isn't a is not a hockey fan just tune in for the first time and that's what they see, they're gonna never turn on a game again. Like I don't know. It's yeah, the like, reviews take a while. The coaches challenge. Yeah. Reviews. It's like they're all dumb. It seems like. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the the goalie interference stuff is is fifty fifty, and it's hilarious. Like there, I've seen some polls done on Twitter where like uh, I remember Bob McKenzie, who's like a famous hockey insider. He he took a goalie interference uh, play from like the KHL so that nobody would be biased. Like he didn't want to like use like uh, Leafs and Canadians uh, scenario or something like that. Uh, and he took it and he was like, what do you guys think? Goalie interference or no interference? And after the end of the poll, after 24 hours, it was 50, 50. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I just like, it was, I always thought that was hilarious. Like, cause it just shows you how like, there's never going to be a, a clear cut uh, agreeance on, on, you know, whether or not it should be one or the other. It's always going to be split down the middle. I think. Get rid of the crease, get rid of offside, okay. get rid of the goalie. Honestly, more moreover, overtimes are dumb in a lot of sports, but uh, like what they changed three overtime. Three. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. It's last, uh, <laughs> whole game last, should be three on three. Uh, yeah. Last uh, last question for you. Um, because of the clustering, because you're playing a team so many more times, because you're only playing seven other opponents or six in the case of the Canadian uh, division. Um, yeah. Is this going to make coaching matter more or less? There coaches no, in the. I think I think goalie usage is going to be a big thing. Like I mean, with so many like teams are going to play, it's 116 days uh, the season, and okay. so like teams are going to play every second night, pretty much like every other night you're playing. So I mean, goalie usage is going to matter. You know, you know, like I mean, doing little things like starting your backup. Uh, especially if you have a good backup, like depending on who your opponents are and stuff like that, like maybe starting your backup in the the game, the first game of the back to back, and saving your starter for the second game when your players are a little tired, like that's a that's an optimal strategy, I think, right? Like that, those are things that can, you know, like little little edges that can add up throughout the course of the season, I think. But um, where the places where coaching really matters in in the game is special teams, right? It's penalty kill and the power play. There's not much they can do to to affect change at uh, five on five, obviously they have their like structure, like whether they're playing like, like a one, two, two or a one, three, one or whatever kind of, you know, structure that their players are in as they move up and down the ice. But like, that's, uh, that's, you know, it's like I said, it's pretty tough to, it's the power play and the penalty kill where we're, where coaches can, can usually uh, impact change. So no, uh, so no change really then. impact the game a lot. No, I don't think so. I think, I think Ooh. it might, you know, you're, you're going to see lots of gamesmanship and stuff, especially with these, like, you know, there's going to be instances in the season where, um, where, uh, teams play each other like four times in a row or three times. I don't know if four times in a row, but three times for sure. Like where you're going to have, you know, maybe a back to back a day off and then another game. So it's going to be like a mini playoff series. The physicality is going to be through the roof probably because they're going to be looking at it like teams are going to be looking at it as a playoff mentality where it's like, let's beat the crap out of them in the first game, you know, and, and they'll be worn down for the next game kind of thing. Um, and and, uh, and fights, like fights carry over. From, yeah. So there's, like, so there could be, yeah. So that's something that's to think about. And that's something that like, I mean, as I don't know how the season, the schedule is going to shape out, but like, as we have a sample of, of these instances where there's like, mini playoff series is in the in the more, season more it's like yeah like how yeah. is it affecting the total how is it like are these things are we going to watch out for in the first game of a three game set between two teams and stuff like that right like there's 
a lot to a lot to try to adapt to this season and it's like are you going to have enough time or like there's going to be things that you miss you can't get everything you're just got to try to do your best and uh the the one thing like i remember on the nba uh stream we did you talked about handicapping one single division and i like that idea in the nba but in this in in the nhl especially with the canadian division only being like 196 games uh if you were to just limit yourself to handicapping one division, like you're playing with fire because there's a lot of luck involved. I would probably recommend just lowering your uh, unit size, you know, really small, I guess, and and playing as many games as possible. Try to handicap all 31 teams. Um, if you're, you know, if you feel like that's too tall of a task, like just try to try to, you know, find a couple of metrics or whatever that you can rate these teams based on and then use a tiered approach. Like, you know, make like four or five tiers and, and just go that way because there's not there's not that much uh separating these teams where it's like you know you're gonna have your five teams that are just trash at the bottom um you know and maybe you'll find things out about them and maybe you can just like kind of create some kind of little method like to pricing that. them you know like oh uh, if i if a team in this tier is playing a team in that tier this is what i'm going to price it at like it's a good place to start i think is if you're just trying oh, to you know, yeah, I, mean, a lot of, I get that DM a lot. Like, hey, I want to start modeling this sport. Where should I that's start? Great. And yeah, it's I'm going to clip this section and just send him this yeah, video. Seriously, <laughs> ultimate, yeah. ultimate simplicity. One minute, 16 seconds. Adjust your tiers as you go. Be like, oh, this, this, you know what? They moved up a tier. Yeah. Like, I mean, you should, it's not like you should be like risking a whole lot of money doing this. Like, but if you're just trying to get into betting and you want to, like, and like when you talk about modeling and stuff, like, I mean, there's no specific like thing. To hockey that's just like oh this is the hockey model it's just the same stuff that everybody uses for every other sport it's just um i don't have any like magic model that i could give somebody that they would win money with i it's everything yeah. that it's the model it's it's like the, the 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 pricing methods that i have and then everything else that goes into it all the work that goes into it on game day and stuff like that is like the final product right do you have an opinion? Do you enjoy the regular season or the playoffs more from a betting standpoint? I hate the playoffs. Okay. I don't. Is it because of the, the goalie like, hot hand sort of deal? This feels a little well, random. It's, it's well, the, because, the it's because of the Celtics price, like how it was just plus four every game. Exactly. Like, That's a mental. It's a mental battle. You yeah. got it. Especially okay. when you you know if this is my price for the series, and then game one, the team that I bet on gets blown out. The if if I am who I say I am, the bookmaker is going to you know you know if I if I am who I say I am, the the person that took my bet the night before is going to be like you know what that guy's probably making a good pick. He's probably going to win the next game, but I'm going to give him a worse price today. Like you know what I mean? Like because you're going to get that closing price the next game. Like if if you bet the team at at plus forty and they close at plus twenty. One, the next yeah. game, the next game, they're giving you plus twenty. It's like you know that they're going to win, but right, right, right. You're training, you're training the market more yeah. quickly, and you could get yeah. unlucky results. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm showing my hand. Um, I'm letting you see what I want. I'm going to do for this entire series, and I would at least like. I always want to win the first game of the series if I'm betting on it. I would. That's why I actually do try to get a little bit down on on series prices if I can like uh, just spread it out a little bit because it sucks. Same not getting anything like it sucks to to get priced out of the market so i if i see a series price i like i want to get down on it i don't like the playoffs i like the regular season there's a lot more places to hide <laughs> well that's a good transition what's going to happen in the playoffs who's your final four uh i mean my final my, my final four i'm gonna go with the, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the boring 
the boring answers, the 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 division favorites, but that's going to be wrong though. So, uh, <laughs> no, like, I mean, no. I, no, but I mean, I could pick, I could pick Colorado, uh, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa Bay, and uh, you know, uh, chances are like somebody is going to have something happen with COVID or, or something else. Their season's going to get derailed. Um, like I, I mean, uh. I don't think I think specifically with the division favorites, even if there are if even if there is a little value there, I don't think you want to be backing a favorite here be just because there's so much like there's so much that that could go wrong. Like not first you have everything stupid and random about the sport, and now you have a have COVID and all the everything else that goes with that to deal with, right? So does it make sense to just have those four in mind and like wait for the market to mature and hope that there's a little bit of adversity and get a better price in in, in well yeah like the like the Bruins for example I think I I think I mentioned it in the guide like they're a team that I would put on future watch I guess you Got could it. say like uh like they're you know they're at the they're at the twelve to one range right now if they struggle out of the gate for any reason they they might be missing uh, Pasternak which was you know the leading goal scorer last year um, for a couple of games like. But chances are they won't. There won't be any overreaction. But like that's a team that like I'm going to keep an eye on. And if something, you know, the year they went to the the, the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019, uh, earlier in that season they had a bad run, and I was able to get them at 20 to one at that point. And the other team that went there was 300 to one at one point, the St. Louis Blues. So I mean, like there's 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 good opportunities, but pre flop yeah. futures bets you won't even find. One Stan, I make a couple of mentions of Stanley Cup picks in the guide. I don't make any because uh, it's some of the worst value you're going to find. They've been sitting there. They've been bet into all summer long or all off season. Not a, not a good market to bet into. Three-way market having a little extra juice because it has an extra, you know, there's an extra market in there. Yeah. player. There's 31. Like these are <laughs> future bets are pretty heavily juiced. You have to have, you have to have a pretty massive edge to overcome that most of the time. It sucks. Yeah. A lot of, it's, a lot of it's just timing during the season. That's why you see you and I adding, adding stuff, market entry during the season. And then I guess to you talk about your, your guide and why I haven't seen one in my email yet. <laughs> oh, you, you will, uh, you will get it. I'm hoping it comes out tomorrow. I know they sent me the, the final draft for the team preview section and they're working, uh, they're working hard on it, hoping to uh, get that out tomorrow, but it's going to be like a, like a companion. Like, uh, like it's, you know, it's something you have all the projections there. You've got the point projections, you got make miss playoff odds. You've got division odds, um, president's trophy odds, um, you know, and team and now like a breakdown, get to know the teams, uh, what players are going to be, you know, important and what players are at least worth keeping an eye on as far as, you know, somebody that could, you know, raise their profile this year and stuff like that. I spent a lot of time instead of spending any time, you know, I mentioned like, for instance, I, I mentioned like the Carolina hurricanes as a team. I would, I, I would, if, if you're going to bet on a team to win the Stanley cup right now, I like them at 20 to one. I think they've got a totally clear path to the playoffs. They are, you know, they're the only team in front of them is Tampa Bay. Uh, they're a team that's uh, really, you know, analytically inclined. Their management group is really sharp. They, uh, there's rumors of them right now being interested in a, in Patrick Line, who's a you know a sniper for the Winnipeg Jets. Who knows what they've got to give up? But you know they're like it looks like they're a team that's like sees they see that Tampa Bay is the only thing standing in their way of a Final Four appearance. And obviously the Lightning are uh, you know a, a tough right. team, but they are without Kucherov this year. That's you know their leading scorer from last year. 
So like if Carolina can somehow win that central division, they've got about a, I think, uh, what do I have? Oh yeah. I got it right here. Actually. Uh, Carolina, 29% chance of winning the division. According to, uh, my model, my simulations, um, they, uh, you know, so if they, if they can do that, uh, they might miss, like, they might miss Tampa Bay altogether. Tampa Bay might get eliminated in that first round, even though they would be a favorite, but like, you know, they might miss them all together. This is, this is the year to go for it. You've got this, this trio of young players. Uh, but outside of that, like I spent a lot more time talking about players futures, because I think, especially for recreational betters and smaller betters, that's a great place to, to go to. Uh, you know, for example, if you were looking at like betting on Nashville at eight to one or nine to one to win the division, why not bet on you Saros, their goaltender at 50 to one to win the Vesna trophy instead. Right. It's like, cause he's going to get consideration if he takes them to the, the, the top of the division. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we got to tell Brinson about Carolina. He yeah, that. he's gonna be jacked. He's all about that. He's all about that um, life. Okay. This was fun. This was yeah, awesome. man. Absolutely. Yeah, it went a little longer, great. I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully, yeah. hopefully, everybody that watched and listened and oh, yeah, uh, other sport for a long well, time. I guarantee you, we'll get more comments about this than we get on a normal NFL pod. That's for sure. I think this I, uh, is gonna. People are really gonna enjoy this one. I, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see there's any why there's any reason uh, why we can't uh, do a couple more hockey. Uh, streams throughout the season uh there's sure. going to be some fun i mean even like coming up here i don't know when i don't know when there isn't football on sunday here but i think like the second sunday of the of the 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 season is like a, a day with like 10 games which is totally like unusual so like i mean you know sundays are, are going to be out of yeah, hockey yeah, so. outdoor games in Tahoe. cool um yeah, maybe and, we could do something a, for that. That would be at fun. a bare minimum. We're gonna have to bring you back before the playoffs so you can explain to us how the playoffs work again. Because all of again, it's goofy. They're doing everything weird. No, this is fantastic. Thank you for your time. This was incredibly yeah. informative. I'm. I guarantee you, our audience will enjoy this. This was. It, this I had high hopes, and they exceeded my expectations. So, uh, much, much appreciated. Um, awesome. and, uh, again, where can people, uh, find your content? Uh, well, um, you can find me on Twitter at digital gambler, uh, and, uh, on Beeson. I'm, uh, I mean, yeah, I think you write in points Red weekly too. Do you, uh, Drew? Yeah, I did a week. I did two pieces a week all throughout the NFL season. It was a great experience. Yeah. So you'll find me in the New York post as well. I probably have something in there, nice. uh, every, every week, uh, um, probably mostly, uh, you know, has to do with the tri-state area teams. Uh, the editor there told me that they cover the Rangers a lot, the Islanders medium, the Devils small, but they don't care about the Eichels because I asked them if uh, they wanted some Buffalo content in there as well, but uh, they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. So it's, uh, yeah, VEASAN, uh, Point Spread Weekly. Um, the guide should be coming out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna. Oh, and I'm on. I'm on Twitch as well. I've got a. I haven't nice. done a whole lot besides the NBA stream, but I'm hoping to uh, to stream a couple of days a week. Uh, play some video games, talk some hockey betting, whatever. Just you it's, know. Uh, is your Raptors franchise doing better than the actual Raptors? I'm a little no. I, I well, I don't even know how the actual Raptors are doing. I haven't. It's I've been not good. Totally, it's not good. No, <laughs> it's not good. They no. spent the whole off season into hey. making Nick Nurse a cool hat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But it's been uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've I've played a few games. It's been uh, it's been fun. Is there a link to get his preseason breakdown? Uh, 
tomorrow or whenever. Well, follow, me, follow me on Twitter, and uh, you'll you will. Uh, yeah, as, soon as, as soon as it's available, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll give it. You, we'll can, you can bet your ass that I'm going to uh, tweet about it as soon as it's available. Yeah, for sure, for Thanks, sure. Guys. Right, well, best of luck this season. Um, for sure, we will uh, we will have you back on without question. Uh, we're absolutely going to cover more. Um, absolutely going to cover more of this. Uh, in the future as we um, yeah, move fun. out of I football mean, season. So it's great. Yeah, look into it, guys. I mean, it's fun. And, and hockey, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's, it totally can be that, that, like, that secondary sport for somebody that, you know, might really like NBA or basketball. It can be that little bit of, like, just to get the juices flowing, right? Like, it doesn't have to be a, a big endeavor. Like, you can just be a little bit of fun. And, and, and like you said, if you can find some teams that you're getting, you're catching, like, I know it's, don't don't simplify it too much, but if you can find some teams that you like that you think are a little bit better than they are, and then get short prices on them, it can, you know, it can, be, it can be fun for a little work, right? Like oh, it's, it's better than the NBA from a betting standpoint. Yeah, if you're getting sure, into betting, do the pick the NBA. If you have those, if you're yeah. like, what should I do? Bet? Well, definitely. I mean, it's exactly what you described about uh, the regular season is is a it's, better delight, and the playoffs are like, nightmare. Uh, it's the opposite of the NBA. NBA like regular people, season is a nightmare, and the playoffs are just unbelievably fun. So. It's like people that uh, when the end when the end of a typical baseball season comes around and and NFL is about to start and people are like oh I can't wait for the NFL baseball sucked it's like well you got a way worse chance of beating the NFL so <laughs> <laughs> you know but anyway thanks guys <laughs> all right well take care and uh, thanks again and uh, best of luck this hockey season you got it.